wanted to express my gratitude and appreciation first and foremost for your support and the, the support of the entire you know, KATH 910 AM mm-hmm. team. Well, it's our pleasure to do so. You know, recently I was very honored to get the Pro-Life Person of the Year Award by the Catholic Pro-Life mm-hmm. community. And as I got up there, I said, you know, really all I do is broadcast all the good work that other people are doing. And this is, uh, people think of pro-life as being mostly about abortion, which it really is. But this is a pro-life ministry. I think you would definitely agree, wouldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. And so you know, kind of back to your initial question, like the spiritual nature of water. I think something that we oftentimes overlook, but becomes very evident, and it just became very evident recently in the liturgical calendar on Easter Vigil. I don't know if any of you all listening are a huge fan of East, the Easter Vigil like myself. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite Mass of the year. Even but with young kids, you're able to go? Unfortunately, <laughs> I haven't been able to go recently. Um, I have two kids under three, yeah. so that, that kind of prevents that from yeah, happening. Yeah. Um, but it is such a beautiful Mass and it, there's so much reference to water mm. in the Easter Vigil Mass. Yeah. From the very first reading, the creation story, all the way through to the sacraments that are given to the initiates um, that are coming into the church, right? Yeah. Through baptism. And it's just such a beautiful um, reference to the spiritual nature of water. And we believe that that is something that we want to carry forward in our mission with Veraca Vita. Let me give you a couple scriptural passages that really inspire us, right? One of them is the first reading uh, in the Easter Vigil Mass. It's the creation story, Genesis 1, and the Spirit of God hovered over the water. Mm-hmm. Right? So water is right there at the very beginning. Now, obviously, we know God created the water. God created everything. But I think God is trying to tell us something that water is integral to life, mm. both physical life and the spiritual life. Yeah. And then that leads into baptism, right? Um, it was that, almost like it was pre-existing. We know it, it was <laughs> created, but he didn't even make the point of saying he created it. It's, it's like already there, right? The Absolute. spirit is hovering over the water. Which, yeah, that's, a, that's a, very, a very interesting observation. Yes. Um, and then, you know, obviously it goes on to the, the water flows from the, the side of the, the temple, which is a, a, a symbolic reference that, that's in the Old Testament, right? A symbolic um, foreshadowing of the water flowing from the side of Christ when he yes. hung on the cross, when after he was pierced and the divine mercy that flowed from his heart, blood and water, right? And then the other kind of thing that really inspires us is, is John 4.10. The scripture passage, John 4.10, where the woman asks Jesus at the well if she can have a drink. And Jesus said, if you knew who it, was that, who it was that you were asking for a drink, or sorry, if you knew who it was that you were asking for a drink, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like Jesus is the living water. Yeah. And so the way that we kind of bring this into our mission with Veracqua Veravita, inspired by a, a, a quote from, at least attributed to Pope St. John Paul II, that says, if we're doing mission work and we're not bringing the good news of the gospel, then we're wasting our time. Yes. And so the way we bring this into our mission is, obviously what we're doing is meeting a very fundamental need, clean water, a basic right to life, a, you know, a basic quality of life that's so fundamentally necessary um, to having any chance of thriving, right? We need clean water and basic sanitation services. We don't really think about that here oftentimes in the U S because it's so easily accessible. It's so, and kind of an afterthought. We, we don't even 
realize how blessed we are that we can turn on the faucet and get that. Well, that's part of what we're doing. We're trying to meet that need. But if we're not also then subsequently meeting the spiritual need of these people, which is that encounter with the living water of Jesus Christ, then we're actually doing them a disservice. And mm-hmm. the way we do that is through the lens, actually, of the theology of the body. Wow. There's a beautiful interconnect, if, if it's not already clear, by the teaching of the name, theology of the body, that the body has meaning and that we are incarnate body and soul. And actually, just on our past mission trip we took last year, we finally had the opportunity for the first time to implement what we call our general water sanitation and hygiene plus theology of the body, a three half day workshop, uh, education workshop that we implement in every community we serve. And it was a, a, a curricula that we've been working on for a couple of years that we developed in house in collaboration with some other partners to kind of give basic knowledge on water sanitation and hygiene that people in their, in their homes can take advantage of like basic instructions on how to wash their hands and be more sanit, you know, more sanitary and more hygienic in their homes and ensure that they're not further contaminating their water or their environment. But we also bring in this teaching of the theology of the body and the, and the implications that like that has on their life and helping them enrich their life to go, th- go from simply surviving to truly thriving, touching on things such as, you know, when we do something with our body, it's a reflection of our spirit and our mm-hmm. spiritual state, right? And that we really need to live an integrated life and kind of in giving that, that terminology and that language that can help them more deeply understand that the relationships that they have with other people, not just on in the sexual realm, right? Which is a lot of times what you think of when you think mm-hmm. of the theology of the body teaching that Pope San Chao Paul II second talked on, but there's so many applications. We're talking in the personal level, in the familial level, like all the applications that can have on what our bodies mean and what we do with them um, that really are to be a reflection and symbol of the Lord and, and his, you know, Trinitarian nature. Wow. And all that is to bring in the living water of Jesus Christ, right? Yeah, boy, that that is quite an answer. <laughs> uh, you know, on the the meaning of spiritual nature of water, and I and I just love what you do because there are so many people out there doing good work and feeding the poor or giving water to the thirsty, but they don't understand, like you say, the integral nature of it, where the the body and the soul, the 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 matter and the form, the it's, and you've just got every single area of this covered and it's not just about giving people clean water and i, I just i that i just yeah and uh, if we were to stop that. there we would just be like every other humanitarian aid yeah, organization like an ngo or something like that uh uh very interesting uh jacob niemeyer uh founder of vera aqua vera vita and they uh we are just scratching the surface but let's let's move on uh to talk about uh, can you give us an update on peru what's going on there yeah so we have been diligently working for the past year and some change to bring access to clean water in our full services. So that includes our water sanitation, hygiene, plus theology, the body education curricula in a sustainable, long lasting, empowering and equipping way to a community that we're working with in the Pura region of Peru right now called Las Mercedes kilometer 11. It's a community of about a thousand people. And we've been Recently, we've completed the design of our construction plans that are going to go in to provide clean water system to this community. But we've been getting held up by permitting. So we're trying to do it the right way. So if Mm -hmm. I'm being as transparent as possible, 
there's a lot of corruption mm-hmm. in developing countries and particularly in Peru where they kind of expect handouts and payouts to move things along in the government and the appropriate uh, approval processes. And we're not willing to play that game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to, one, contribute to the corruption. And two, we don't want to get that reputation. Yeah, yeah. As that type of an organization. And it's, it's also just at its core objective level, it's not ethical, Yeah. right? Yeah. And we want to be an ethical, high integrity, high value organization that's living from our Catholic values. So it, that means that some of the work that we're doing takes longer than it could if we were willing to just pay our way to play, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. Um, but we believe that what we're trying to do is not just to bring right clean water to one community, but also in that in the process along the way, try to be a part of the systemic change that we want to see in these communities mm-hmm. and in the country itself. So we're about probably a month away from securing, God willing, the majority of our permits that we need to go to construction to provide access to clean water to this entire community. Let me give you an example of this community. This community has a thousand people. Over 50% are suffering from chronic waterborne illnesses. Mm. Over the last 10 to 15 years, they've had countless deaths of children under the age of five, innumerable deaths. And that's what we're trying to combat. They're literally getting a, their primary water sources uh, a kilometer and a half, sorry, three and a half kilometers away mm-hmm. from the center of the community. So the majority of the community is traveling what would be seven kilometers round trip every day or every other day to get water that's not even clean. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to circumvent that by bringing the water from the source to the center of the community and treating it and distributing it right there on the site. Mm. Well, you know, it really highlights how easy it is for us to get water. I don't know that I've yeah. ever had a any problem uh, getting water, filtered water, well, you know, bottled water, what have, what have you. But these people are going to have to, are, are, well, what, what a blessing is going to yeah. be not to have to, well, like you say, walk those seven kilometers just to get bad water. Yeah, and well, let me give you an example real quick of the impact of our work, right? So we recently just completed a three-year post-project impact assessment in the first community that we ever served called Monte Castillo. Where three and a half years ago now, we turned on the water for that community to provide an access to clean water to 7,000 plus people. Well, recently completed our post-project impact assessment and the results are astonishing. We have seen a drop of 71% of chronic waterborne illnesses in the community. Mm. Before our work in the community, pre-project in this community, Monte Castillo, 84% 84% of the people were suffering from chronic waterborne illnesses. Mm. Post-project, three and a half years post-project, 13%. Oh. We're talking 71% of people no longer suffer from chronic waterborne illnesses. That's 5,000 plus people in this community's lives are forever changed mm. simply because they have access to clean water. And at the same time, they also have been enriched and empowered and equipped to be the drivers of their future solutions, both from a physical and a spiritual nature to have that integral thriving life. And it's showing up in the way that they're advancing in other aspects and taking ownership of other things in their community. We've seen that anecdotally and we have more results to come in from our post project impact that we're going to be sharing over the next couple months that I would invite people to visit our website to learn about 
the impact of our work. All right, give truewater.org, give truewater.org if you want to do it in Latin, veraacuaveravita.org. Jacob Niemeyer, my guest, founder of uh, Veraacua Veravita. All right, so while we're on the discussion of uh, uh, Peru, let's talk about the mission trip, and yeah. then we'll get into the Speakeasy event, yeah. which is the primary thing we want to talk about on May 13th, which is right around the corner here. Mission trip to Peru, July 23rd through August 1st. Yes, so this will be our officially our second organized group mission trip. Obviously, we've been in existence as an organization for five plus years now. Um, and we have been taking volunteers and some of our, our team on different trips down to Peru. We have a, a great team down in Peru that we work closely with. But this is going to be what will be considered our, our second official organized trip where we're taking people that are outside of kind of the realm of the the volunteer and, and you know staff within Veracca Veravita to, that were going to go with us to Peru. So we did one last year in March, and it was a huge success. We took a number of UD students and a number of uh, young adults that are kind of connected with us and what we like to call the Veracca Veravita family with us. And we had a, a great experience, um, broke ground on construction for some of our work there, implemented our education curricula that I mentioned in, in the community of Monte Castillo. And now we're going to be going back this coming summer and be doing some of the similar type of work. We're actually hopefully going to be breaking ground on construction and or working alongside, we're already at broken ground, working alongside uh, the contractor that we've hired or will hire to do the construction of this clean water system in the community that we're currently working to bring clean water to, Las Mercedes, Kilometer 11. And we'll also be... Uh, implementing our education curricula in that same community. So the water and sanitation and hygiene plus theology of the body. Right now we have 23 spots available uh, for the trip. And we're going to be staying at the amazing Mission Center of Santissimo Sacramento in the Pura, city, city of Pura, which is the ma- major city in the Pura region. And it's an amazing mission center where we'll have Three square meals a day, great lodging. Many many of the missionaries have their own private bedrooms and bathrooms, even hot water, which is un, <laughs> unreal and crazy to think about when you're in a developing country mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, and then we're going to have a great experience. We're going to be doing mission work for three to four days. Um, and then we're also going to be having a day at the beach, a little kind of fun time, getting you know, getting away and enjoying some you know relaxation. And then on our way back, we're going to do a day of sightseeing in Lima, see some of the beautiful Catholic sites there, see some of the historical Incan sites and, and cultural sites. And then in the night at a at a show, um, a water fountain show. Oh, wow. That sounds sounds like a a very well-rounded trip. Uh, Some sightseeing, some fun, some work, some, uh, you know, community service. So uh, very balanced. Is is there a cost? And if so, how much? Yeah, of course. Obviously, there's there's cost to everything. Um, We wish if we could, uh, we could cover that cost for everyone. But we're a small nonprofit. But we've been able to boil down these costs, I think, to be a a very affordable price at $2,000 all in is the rough estimate. Uh, That includes food, lodging. um, That includes ground transportation, the day at the beach, the sightseeing in Lima, 
plus the flights there and back oh, round wow. trip. Oh, that's a great price. Uh, is this something you recommend you know, parents bringing their kids to, and what ages would be appropriate? Absolutely. In fact, we have a family that's signed up to go with us right now, parents and two kids so far, and they're thinking about signing up their third kid to come along. All right, all right. So I'm sure you can sign up at the website givetruewater.org, givetruewater.org. Jacob Niemeyer uh, joining me, talking about uh, Vera Aqua, Vera Vita. All right, let's, uh, in the time remaining, talk about your Speakeasy event. This is your fifth annual evening at a Speakeasy fundraiser. I just love the creativity. The first time you ever did one of these, I was like, whoa, what a great idea. Uh, Saturday, May 13th, 5 to 10 p.m., St. Paul Catholic Church Parish Center in Richardson. So um, tell us, you, I know you want to I think you're hoping for about 150 people or so. To yes, go. that yeah. is our that is our goal this year for uh, the attendance to have 150 people there. It will be our fifth annual, so we're trying to go bigger and better than we ever have. That includes an additional half hour for the event, which allows us to have a little bit more of a full program, as well as uh, we're going to have plated dinner this year as opposed to buffet, which we've had in the last uh, past event. So there'll be some additional things that are going on there. And with that additional half hour as well, we're actually going to have an additional entertainer during our main program. So we're going to have uh, a couple of amazing inter- uh, pieces of entertainment. During our cocktail hour, we're having uh, Emmeline Miles doing live uh, kind of keyboarding and singing. It's a great kind of sultry you know, music that she plays to kind of set the tone for our cocktail hour. And then moving into the main program, we're going to have a... A, a, number, a number of other entertainers. We're going to have Giancarlo Bernini doing some magical magic, yeah. illusion, uh, kind of blow your mind type stuff. We had him last year, and it was a huge hit for our guests, and we're going to bring him back. And then we're also going to be having Tom Verano, who's a speed painter, oh, a Catholic yeah. man, yeah. Uh, can inspirational guy that can yeah, kind of tell stories about what he's doing. He's going to be painting live on stage a couple pieces of art, and then he'll be auctioning, him, auctioning those off uh, as a part of the fundraising uh, you know, efforts for the evening. And then we're ending the night, as we have always since the very beginning, with live jazz music and swing dancing uh, by Dave Washburn and the Three Quarters Fast Jazz Band, and they're amazing. If you haven't heard of them before, visit our website or social media. I, I actually think recently we put out a, a video spotlighting uh, Dave Washburn and, and their talents that you'll get to see and hopefully inspire you to come. We're also going to have an amazing keynote speaker in Dwight Risky. Amazing man. He's a f- uh, formerly worked uh, as the CCO, Chief Communications Officer uh, for Frito Lay as well as now has his own consulting firm um, in junction with some of his uh, family members. They do some financial consulting as well. And he's a great man, a good Catholic guy, great story. Um, I would really, really strongly encourage you to look him up, learn about him, visit our website to see a little bit of his bio. He's going to you know, tell an inspirational story about his experience um, and his own life story and what it's kind of taught him about, you know, what we've been blessed with here in the U S and how we are called to give that back, right. Mm -hmm. Um, to those that don't have uh, what we have. And we're also going to be blessed to have as our MC Ryan Harkins and also a testimonial witness from one of our board members who's been to Peru and seen the work that we're doing in person. Um, his name is Matt Lampe. 
So we got a full evening. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're also going to have the typical things like our wine and liquor poll. We're going to have a golden raffle ticket, um, $100 per uh, ticket. We're only selling 100 of those for a chance to win a $3,000 vacation package, as well as our online silent auction, which is actually going on right now. Our goal is to raise $40,000 at this event. All right, boy, that's a, that's a lot going on. Uh, that's a, so five hours from five to ten o'clock Saturday, May thirteenth, Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to be at St. Paul Catholic Church Parish Center in Richardson. Uh, tickets are how much? Yeah, so right now they're eighty five dollars per ticket. All right, and the forty thousand dollars that you raise will go straight to the the work in Peru, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So actually, let me add to that. So um, the tickets are $85 per ticket right now, but we are actually today um, from now until the event going to be doing a big promotional. So with those tickets, you get access to the full evening plus two drink tickets, plate of dinner, obviously. Um, but what we're doing from now until the event, we're doing a promotion for those that want to purchase a table can get, you know, a table of eight can get seven of their other friends together and purchase a table. You get, you'll get a bracelet and you'll have open bar the entire evening. Oh, so wow, if you, you won't have two drinks, you'll have open bar for everyone at the table. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, so that's, that'll that's be great. fun. And yes, the, the, the proceeds are going to go to uh, our work in Peru. And in fact, we have a big aspirational goal. So $40,000 is the goal for the event, but we're in a situation where for us to deliver and, and really successfully bring access to clean water to two to three more communities every year, we need to give clean water to a thousand more people as much as we could, we, as quickly as we can so that we can save these lives. And we need to raise really $72,000 more this year and recurring going forward so we can hire an engineer so we can be able to do more projects every single year. Right now we're at a capacity where we can only do one to two. All right. Uh, good information. A uh, lot, lot going on with Vera Aqua, Vera Vita. Please perfectly consider going on the mission trip July 30th through August 1st, going to the Speakeasy event on May 13th, and uh, also just uh, donating if you can't go to either of those and support the work so they can raise this money. Very, very important work they're doing around the world, especially in Peru right now. org or givetruewater.org. Give True Water. Org. Jacob, thanks so much. Always, uh, you're, you're like the easiest guy to interview. You just have so much going on. And really, all I need to do is just wind you up and let you go. But uh, we are out of time. Thanks also to Diane Xavier for running Thank the board. You, and if you have future, um, if you have ideas for future interviews that you think would be a good fit for this show, if it's local and Catholic, it fits the bill. And you can email me directly, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. And don't forget, give truewater.org. That's the website with all the information that we've talked about the last 25 minutes. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Glad you are with us, and I just love this program because it's a great way to introduce you, our dear listeners, to the wonderful things happening in both the Dallas and the Fort Worth Diocese, and there's a lot going on. There's a, This is an exciting place to be a Catholic, and I'm very excited over the next 25 minutes to introduce to you a new venture, something very exciting 
happening in uh, the, the, the city of Fort Worth. And this is a new high school that is in the works and uh, got the whole team here with me in studio. It's a private independent high school called Chesterton Academy and they're located online, Chesterton Academy FW.org. And uh, I have been in communication with the uh, leaders and founders of this group for some time. I went to an information session uh, last year. And I have in studio with me Carlos Crespo, who is serving as the president uh, of uh, Chesterton Academy of Fort Worth. And also uh, the vice president, Stephen Barmore, is here, but uh, he is not going to be speaking, but he is here for moral support. And uh, the secretary of the group, Doug Allen, is here, and uh, he is a convert to the Catholic faith back in 2012, converted. And uh, he and his wife, Genevieve, have three children. I should say Carlos and his wife uh, have uh, one child, uh, who his name is Charlie. And also uh, very blessed to have in studio uh, with me as well, Jeremy Duo, who has been selected as the headmaster. And I think that is brand new news. I think we're breaking that news on this broadcast right here. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here uh, with me. And uh, good to see all of you. Great to be here, Dave. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Dave. All right. Uh, uh, let me start with you, Carlos, uh, as the president, the founder. I think this was kind of your idea. How, how did, uh, what was the genesis of this whole idea? And maybe you can tell us a little bit more about Chesterton Academies because it's not just in Fort Worth. This is something that has been going on nationwide for a while, right? Correct, correct. Uh, Chesterton Academies, well, this fall, there are about uh, between 10 and 15 new schools uh, opening. That would bring the whole count worldwide because it's not it's not just in the US to almost 60 schools mm. this this fall 2023 and how did it start well uh answering the uh, the great commission that our lord uh, gave us uh, so back in the day my 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 son was uh 2 years old now he's uh five and a half he would say uh i thought of um yeah, doing something for for our community uh it is true in fort worth uh, i think Fort Worth needs more more options as far as uh, uh, high schools that teach in the Catholic tradition, uh, and so I uh, I called Stephen. We had a beer one night and said, <laughs> "Hey, um, I mean, you have two young daughters at, at the time. Now he's got three. Uh, what do you think about doing for high school for your kids?" Um, at that point, I mean, uh, he's um, uh, he's homeschooling uh, his daughters, uh, and so uh, we thought, "Yeah, why don't we start a, a high school ourselves?" And uh, God put us in, in this on this journey to um, to start a high school. And at the time, I was reading G.K. Chesterton, which is, was was one of the writers that influenced Stephen's conversion. Mm. Uh, Stephen was the one that gave me the my, the first book I read of uh, by G.K. Chesterton, Orthodoxy. And so I became a Chestertonian, and uh, providentially, yeah, I became a member of the Society of G.K. Chesterton. And I heard that they're opening schools, and they teach you how to open a school. Well. And uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, I didn't realize it was uh, worldwide. It was started in the U.S., mm -hmm. right? Of course, Chesterton was British. Right. Uh, he was from England, but mm -hmm. uh, it's so nice that, that there are 60 uh, of these uh, already. And uh, a private independent high school teaching in the Catholic tradition, mm -hmm. uh, well, what does that mean? And how does that designate this, this school in, in the big picture of the Catholic world here locally? So this will be an independent private school. Uh, ninth uh, private high school, ninth through twelfth grade. Uh, this first year, this fall, we're we're going to start with the ninth grade uh, class only. Uh, when I said a private independent school, that's independent from from the diocese. Uh, we will not be a diocesan school. 
uh, and it'll be a, a school that teaches in the Catholic tradition. With that, that that uh, that that means that uh, it will teach classical education, so all the humanities, along with uh, math and science, uh, art, drama, debate. Uh, in the humanities, you can also include uh, languages, especially Latin. Uh, and yeah, that um, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, the 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 high school we want to start in the in in our in our hometown in yeah. Fort Worth. Yeah, very nice, uh, Doug Allen. Um, I have your bio here. I didn't read all of it. Uh, busy guy, very accomplished. Done a lot, doing a lot. I don't imagine you have a whole lot of spare time in your hands, but this is clearly important to you. And uh, you and wife, your wife, as I mentioned, have uh, th- three children. Uh, and uh, why, why is this important? Uh, what is your role as secretary? If you can tell us a little bit about why you got involved. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, Carlos and uh, Stephen approached, uh, approached Cynthia and I a couple years ago and asked us if we would be uh, interested in, in looking at this and uh, joining the effort. And uh, it just so happened that uh, she and I had both been praying for an opportunity to get involved in something that would make an impact in our community. And just coincidentally, um, I had just been invited to an event at the University of Dallas um, where the uh, Archbishop of Erbil, Iraq, was in town um, uh, raising support for the Chesterton Academy of Erbil in Iraq. Oh, wow. And I had spent uh, three years working in Iraq um, uh, back in the uh, early 2000s and had been to Erbil and was familiar with the city and um, uh, came to the event and uh, got, to, got to participate in a Chaldean Rite Mass uh, celebrated by the Archbishop. And several members of the Society of G.K. Chesterton were here for the event. And they talked all about these academies and the one that they were opening up in Erbil um, and it was so exciting to hear uh, the work that uh, was being done there um, and kind of throughout the Chesterton Schools network. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, this just seemed like it was the perfect opportunity that Cynthia and I had been praying for. And, you know, we live in Fort Worth, which is a city that is exploding. It's growing. The diocese is growing. It's a dynamic place to be. Um, Catholic families um, are moving here. And what we found, especially post-COVID, was that the homeschool community was really taking off. And we homeschooled our kids. And my wife and her conversations with uh, her friends in the homeschool community, there was a real desire for additional options for Catholic education in Fort Worth. And so all of those things just kind of came together for us, and we just felt like it was an answer to prayer. Yeah, amen. Before I uh, speak with Jeremy, I'd like to talk, to you, uh, Carlos, about, you know, the, clearly one of the, the biggest decisions that you and the board, uh, you know, you and Stephen and everybody have to make is who's going to be the headmaster. This is really important, uh, who you choose. I was delighted at your choice because I've, I've known uh, Jeremy and his wife even longer. I've known long, long before they ever got married. I knew his wife's family and so speak very highly of them. I think very highly of them. So tell us about that decision and why Jeremy is the right man for this job. The British accent. (laughs) (laughs) Which we haven't heard yet, but... (laughs) Yeah, well, um, yeah, back in the day, yeah, you mentioned the info session. So a year ago, we had our first one. We had a couple more after that during 2022. And it so happened that, uh, yeah, during that time, uh, the time of the third info session, which was just last November, we were starting to... um, uh, put ourselves out there uh, hiring, uh, he- he- you were hiring a, a headmaster. So we were searching for a headmaster. 
Uh, I had several calls from, from teachers who were looking for opportunities here and there, among them Jeremy, who, yeah, he's, yeah, I mentioned his British accent, so he's, he's, Brit he's British, uh, married to a Texan, so that's why he's, <laughs> he, that's why he's, he's here in, in Texas, in, in North yeah. Texas now. And uh, I think yeah, he'll he'll talk about his uh, academic career. Uh, it was in, in, in I think someone in Steubenville and at Franciscan University referred him to Chesterton Academy. Yeah. So and, so, and he found us online. He called me. Uh, I invited him to the info session, and the rest is history. I think yeah, Jeremy will tell you the rest from from there. All right. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, the big reveal here <laughs> on the interview of the week of Jeremy Duo as the one chosen to be the headmaster of the Chesterton Academy of Fort Worth. So Jeremy, uh, congratulations and uh, good to see you. Thank you. Likewise. All right, there's that British accent, okay? <laughs> uh, so tell us about yourself. You're not on the website yet because it hasn't officially, I guess, been uh, announced, but uh, Carlos has said a little bit about you, but can you tell us uh, a little bit more about your background educationally, you know, your, your faith background and your family? Yes, yes, uh, I'd be happy to. So I kind of came back to Catholicism, not having formally left it, uh, but just kind of I wavered during my teens and, when I was 18, I came back, and I, I came back through the door of really apologetics. Uh, I just got into uh, reading tons of apologetics books, and then I wanted to formally study theology, and somehow, thanks to a, uh, an obscure nun from Gibraltar um, in Spain, who's now the mother superior of a Carmelite convent, uh, she said, you know, I think you should go to Steubenville. <laughs> and I said... Uh, Sister, you've been here too long. You know that's in America. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so uh, she somehow managed to sort that out uh, from the convent for me without the use of email. Uh, she had a guy who would come and print responses and she would handwrite responses back and he would go and email them and all that. Uh, and yes, I ended up in 2013 uh, at Franciscan. Uh, I did a, a degree there in theology, catechetics and philosophy. They called me a filthy cat <laughs> and uh, met my, my wife three, three weeks in, uh, who is, of course, from Euless, from mm -hmm. the area. Yeah. Uh, and then we got married uh, just, just at the end, uh, three semesters remaining of my, of my bachelor's. And then after that, we moved back to Gibraltar. And in Gibraltar, uh, concurrently, I studied, uh, I did my master's in, in theology, still at Franciscan online while I opened uh, a catechetical institute called the Saxum Institute, where we, um, where a friend and I were teaching uh, theology, philosophy, and then eventually Latin as well to the interested public, right? And it was always my lament that I could not teach uh, as many high school-aged uh, children as I would have liked because, mm -hmm. um, you know, they spend most of their days uh, nine to three thirty, engrossed in their studies, and then they have all the homework. And so, the time that I would get with few of them was always very sparse. And I wished that I could be there full time. Mm. I wish that not just me, but the Catholic tradition, the wealth that the Catholic Church has to hand on to them, could be there, there full time. And by that, I don't just mean religion and theology, but also mathematics from a point of view of the Catholic Church. Like, what's that for? Why do mm. we use that? You know, just. Uh, and even just uh, science and, and history and art and, and all these things that a classical education affords you, uh, that was always kind of my uh, my desire. Yeah, my desire. So when I came here, um, 
we moved because of uh, I, I wanted my children to have more space to run around because mm-hmm. Gibraltar, where I'm from, is very, very small, two and a half square miles for the whole country. Uh, and when I came back, I came back through Franciscan again. I went to visit some friends and professors and actually my sister, who is currently finishing her bachelor's there. And I sat down with, with the priest and he said, so what are you going to do? What are you going to work as here? And I said, I have no idea. What do you think I should do? I mean, I said, I, I want to teach. I don't think I could not teach. And he said, you need to teach at a chess that's in the academy. Mm. And I said, what's that? <laughs> and he explained it to me and, and I said, yes, yes, that, that does sound where I want, would like to teach. And he said, well, let, let me make some calls. Uh, he actually got uh, not very far with that at all, but when I came down to, to Euless, my mother, my mother-in-law, who is uh, a big fan of the Icon community in Irving, uh, she sent me a link. She said, hey, have you heard of Chesterton Academy? I said, just last week, I did. She said, well, apparently they're hiring. So uh, I sent in my resume, and soon thereafter I spoke to Carlos, um, and then to Stephen, and I really liked what they had to say. Apparently uh, they liked what I had to say. They told me that they were looking for a headmaster, and I said, well, if I can help you with that, and I'd be willing, talk to me about that, and we did, and one thing led to another, as they say, and now here we sit. Mm, Very nice. So, uh, Carlos, you know, you're in a very interesting situation. You're going to have one grade, ninth grade only. I don't know what the goal for the number of students is. Are you hiring teachers, or maybe that's a Jeremy question, I'm not sure. Uh, what's what do you what are the next steps? I know fundraising is also a very important and vital part of it as well. But uh, where are we right now, and what are the biggest needs? Well, I mean, you you lead a nonprofit organization, so yeah, the fundraising is is constant, always that doesn't that never stops. So yes, that's one of our our, our biggest needs. Uh, teachers, yeah, we uh, have a couple uh, prospects. We are hiring uh, a few more. I'll probably. Let Jeremy speak to the details. It's been Jeremy and Stephen taking care of the the hiring hiring of teachers. So yeah, I'll, I'll pass it on to Jeremy if you want to know more about the the teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you looking for more teachers, or where are you in that process? Absolutely. Uh, we we need um, not a few teachers. We have a few candidates that we are considering. Some of them very strong. Uh, who, uh, in fact, we have made unofficial um, offers so to speak, just because we're waiting on that fundraising that, that's so crucial to come in. But we are definitely looking uh, for teachers who could um, teach mathematics and, and science and also literature and music, um, uh, as well as any others that, that uh, even though we have candidates for, we would like to hear from other people too, so also philosophy and, and art and history. So, I mean, if anyone... Uh, feels called to share that or, or would like to be able to share such a, such a knowledge base with students within uh, a Catholic environment where, where you can unite head and heart in that way, then please reach out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And um, I, I'm, yeah, you guys aren't you know, reinventing the wheel. The, this is already going on in many places across the world. And, and, and so... Are are you speaking to other headmasters? You, are, how how much of it is you know going to be 
unique to Fort Worth and how much of it is, I guess, for lack of a better expression, kind of a, a cookie cutter approach where, hey, this is how it's working in all these different places. And this is how a Cheshire Academy works and the curriculum is this way. How, how much autonomy is there and how much uniqueness to the other academies around the, the country and the world? Yeah, I think the interesting point there is that if it were a chess, if it were a cookie cutter, Chesterton would not be the mold, mm-hmm. right? Because Chesterton himself uh, is part of a far larger tra- tradition, right? The, cl- the classical tradition goes back centuries, right? Uh, and it's the church really who makes it what it is, although it even precedes what we know as the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. right? Um, going back to to the Greeks and, and perhaps even farther. Um, but what what the church has done is as she has handed on a tradition, uh, an education that speaks to what man is, right? And she is the only one because of her acceptance of the revelation of Christ. She's the only one who fully knows what man is, what he is made for, where he comes from, right? And that he ultimately by grace is destined to the beatific vision. And so an education that educates from the point of view um, of well, f- with the point of view of that, right, is an education that can be called complete, if mm-hmm. we if we may. And so, what Chesterton himself and what the Chesterton network of schools is doing is handing that on. It's instead of reinventing the wheel, as you as you say, it's like let's do what always worked. Mm-hmm. Let's hand on what we always handed on. Let's hand on what we ourselves received. Right, and we kind of live in, in in a time where perhaps some some of these things or all of these things are being eschewed and cast out as old or or, or backwards or whatever. But uh, infidelity to to Christ, the magisterium, the church, the saints, the tradition. I think the network is saying, "Hey, this is the pearl of great price as far as education goes. Let's not cast it out or cast it to swine." And so now we are the great inheritors of what the Chesterton uh, network has prepared. And so we're, we're thrilled to receive this great work that they've done in making it accessible to, to people like Carlos and Doug and Stephen who are grassroots Catholics, right, who just want to do something for the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here we are now um, kind of at the gate to be able to, to bring this great work of the network out uh, to Fort Worth. Now, that being said, Every person in every Chesterton Academy is unique, and so everyone's going to put their own flair, their own spin on it, right? We, we don't want to depart uh, from what's handed on to us, but we, want, we do want to make it our, our own and hand it on with our own fingerprints. Yes, yeah, a great answer. Thank you so much. We are talking about exciting news, a new high school coming to the city of Fort Worth, Chesterton Academy of Fort Worth. It's a private independent high school. will be serving eventually ninth through 12th graders uh, this coming fall. The plan is to have ninth grade only and then adding uh, a, a class each year. It teaches in the Catholic tradition. I have in studio with me the president, Carlos Crespo, along uh, Vice President Stephen Barmore is here. 
Uh, Jeremy Duo has been chosen as the new headmaster and also to the secretary of the organization, Doug Allen, is here and I uh, really appreciate again uh, your time. There, There's some other big news that y'all have uh, released as far as location and also a new board member. Do you want to speak about those two, Carlos, and anything else that we're allowed to reveal as uh, the information kind of trickles out uh, re- regarding the Chesterton Academy? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, one of the uh, recent news, uh, which uh, we have made uh, public uh, to our distribution least, uh, list, uh, at least, is uh, the, yeah, the, the location of the school. Uh, it'll be located at uh, 1000 uh, Bonnie Bray Avenue. Uh, and uh, yeah, we think it's, it's conveniently located. It'll be, it's a small space, like I said, just four rooms. So we'll be there uh, very temporarily, probably a year to two years. In the end, uh, yeah, we hope to be more uh, permanently located uh, west of, of Fort Worth, mm-hmm. southwest preferably, west of 35. Yeah, and the other news, I'll let uh, probably Doug um, say that about our uh, newest uh, board member. Who's a member of my <coughs> parish, by the way. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Courtney, yeah. Courtney Taylor is her name, mm-hmm. and uh, she's, uh, she's an attorney, and she has really, and just in the, in the brief time she's been on the board, it's brought a lot of expertise uh, to our board that was much needed, and so we're as we are trying to stand up the school, we're also trying to fill out the board with different talents um, uh, and trying to find people that can bring uh, their own unique skills um, you know, to the board. And she has been a great, great addition. Mm-hmm. I mentioned about how you and Stephen both converts, uh, G.K. Ch- Chesterton, a, a convert <laughs> as well. So there is uh, that. And I, I just, you know, Jeremy spoke beautifully about what's unique and, and special about the Catholic faith really being the only uh, faith that is really able to explain and develop and educate the entire person. As a convert yourself, Doug, why is a Catholic education important for you to pass on to your children? That's a great question. Yeah, we, um, you know, as as uh, as we started having kids, um, we started uh, oddly enough. I think this is a universal experience. We started paying more attention to the popular culture and how that impacts, um, you know, parenting and uh, child development and. Uh, and as we looked around, we saw that, um, you know, for, um, uh, for, I think for all of us, you know, the, the, the $64,000 question is how do you keep your kids in the faith? How mm-hmm. do you, how do you form them and how do you uh, prepare them to go out into the world and to withstand the, the, the onslaught that they're going to face as a, as a Christian? And so, um, we firmly believe that, you know, a real thick, a thick formation, you know, in the tradition is key. And, um, and that's why we've chosen to homeschool. And that's one of the reasons we are so excited about the Chesterton Academy because, and Jeremy's very eloquent on this, the Chesterton Academy is not a, is not a place where the Catholic faith is an ancillary part of the education. Mm-hmm. The entire curriculum is integrated to point the student toward the highest good. And that is what is so exciting for us. And that's what we really want for our kids. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for being here as well. We've got about a a minute and a half, and I never want anybody to leave saying, gosh, I wish he had asked me this. And so I want to just give Carlos and also Jeremy an opportunity, just anything else that our listeners should know right now, uh, other than obviously going to that website, ChestertonAcademyFW.org. Uh, got about a minute. Uh, what, what else, Carlos? No, 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 no rush, but you yeah, got a minute. I'll, I'll just t- take 10 seconds and I'll leave the, the rest to Jeremy. Uh, just please pray for us. Uh, it's, it has been a, a, a rough road, uh, very difficult, a lot of work, uh, and uh, we can only do that with, uh, with your prayers and, and your support. All right.
And I, I would add that, uh, as, as the homeschooling champions would say, every child is homeschooled, whether the parents know it or not. And I would encourage those who, are consi- who have been homeschooling and even not to allow, allow us to help parents, right, as we educate in their stead, um, to continue that homeschooling and schooling them at home, at home in the Catholic Church. And then entrust them to somebody they trust, like yes. Chesterton Academy. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I think everybody has learned a lot. Again, if you can help in any way, financially, prayerfully, uh, if you have a, ri- a rising ninth grader and you'd like to look into this next year, Chesterton Academy. FW.org is the website. All the information is there. Chesterton Academy, FW.org. Thank you very much. Uh, Carlos Crespo, Jeremy Duo, Doug Allen, and also Stephen Barmore as well. We got another interview coming up uh, on the 15th, a Monday, a live interview that uh, Jeremy, and we'll get to introduce Stephen at that time and hear his story as well. This has been the interview of the week. Thank you for listening. Thanks to uh, Cecil Anderson for running the board and uh, for your support, dear listener, of all the great efforts going on here in North Texas, Chesterton Academy. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 